Hey, my name's Emma. Hey, my name's Maddie. And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey y'all, what is up? You're here with the Pilots Pandemic Podcast, your host, Emma, and our lovely co-host, Maddie. What's up, what's up? And we're back solo after a good, good amount of guests, which we had some really, really awesome guests. So if you have not listened to our guest episodes, highly urge you to go back and listen because I think there were just some like really, really core pieces of those episodes that really resonate with everything that Maddie and I talk about on a daily basis that align with our mission. So if you want to know what we're about, or like you're a new listener, our last three episodes are good ones. So go back and listen. It feels like we haven't like talked in forever because all of the topics of conversation that we're going to talk about um, have happened like a little bit ago. So <laughs> I know. And also we don't really talk like when we're with guests, we don't really chit chat. I mean, I guess we do, but also like, I feel like sometimes it's good to recenter and come back into our balance and refine the rage. And also because you work now all the time, we barely get to talk to each other. It's kind of messed up. I'm sorry. It really is messed up. Like, yo, I, I, I literally hate working. I hate working. (laughs) I, I just, it, it bothers me that people have dream jobs because I'm like, I could never dream of work. Like, <laughs> I just really could never dream of work. I sent you that picture oh, of God. me the other day. Yes. I went out with a friend and I have to pull it up because I have to remember exactly what I said. So apparently I said something. I, I don't know why, but this is so funny to me. So in a conversation, I just off guard say, hold on, what was it that? I have it, but wait, wait, wait. it perfectly encapsulates you. I'm going to bring a lot of things to the relationship, but it's not going to be working. (laughs) Emma, 2023. (laughs) It's so perfect, though. Although I will say you do a lot in home, like cleaning and all of that. And that's kind of working in my opinion. So well, I've been doing that and I also work. It's not even yes. like I don't work either, but yeah. I just literally hate working. Like I'm not somebody who's going to be like, oh yeah, like going to work today. Like, hell yeah. Like get my grind on. Like, I'm just, I'm not a grinder. I'm not addicted we'd to be, the grind. Yeah. We'd be making good trust fund babies, you and me. I know. I know for real. I, I wish I could just like lean back and literally do nothing. Like I wish I was a, a what's that called? A Nepo, a Nepo baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's like a trust fund baby, honestly. Same, 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 yeah. same. But goodness, I have not really been, I mean, we were going to talk about like what we've been up to. I went to Hilton Head. That was very like 
quiet though. There's not really much to talk about with that. It's the beach in the winter. You can't really do much. You didn't um, do anything fun? I mean, we did. Like we went and like went to the beach bars and like had cute little cocktails and went shopping. So, I mean, that was a lot of fun, but nothing like, I mean, I was with my mom and my grandma. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like it was going down. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, I know. Did you watch uh, the Super Bowl? Uh, yes, I was there for my girl Riri all night long. <laughs> oh my god, incredible performance! Incredible performance. Yes, it was amazing. I was like, I thought, I thought she just had a baby. Like she can't be pregnant. And I, I know like, that's. But she looks pregnant. <laughs> I was like, she is pregnant. I thought that was epic. That she, that was like her announcement that she was pregnant again. I love that all of us just like universally were watching that and we all at around the same like amount of like the same minute mark. I think we all as a collective were like, oh my God, is, is Rihanna pregnant? Like, (laughs) and I just remember looking, all of us were looking at each other with our jaws on the ground because literally she just had her baby and she's like showing showing so um i'm like dang okay the turnover time there was quick quick yeah it was like a a wham bam thank you ma'am like back Mm -hmm. to um but yeah she i loved her performance i thought it was so good and i was just thinking like damn she's pregnant like doing this that's so wild i don't know me pregnant like if i think about myself pregnant i feel like i would be like a basket case of emotion so i would not want to be out front and center stage pregnant i'm just like the amount of like training and what is it practicing that goes into that like the amount of rehearsal and obviously it's not something that's easy like you're dancing and you're singing at the same time like i know that's a workout and you're pregnant like you're carrying a watermelon on your baby like on your belly like uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> she's badass dude she really is she's a goat for that we love her we love her we stand and i literally will not accept any rihanna slander like people were trying to say that it wasn't entertaining i'm like um what what rock do you live under like those are literally some of the most iconic hits i'm just like okay good good night good night goodbye like don't talk to me like don't come in my space don't (laughs) breathe on me don't look at me like you're honestly not even worthy shame shame on your name well i guess (sighs) get into it um i did want to say because i don't think that we have talked solo since january that if you guys were wondering i did make my dry january happen which i like I'm amazed by because I've never done it and Emma was surprised that I did it too so I just wanted to say that I did it honestly it's just impressive as fuck like talk about things that are impressive that's very impressive with what we talk about all the time I'm sorry (laughs) that's just very impressive I know I'm like how did I stay sober for 31 days that seems like so long because obviously I've been drinking now so um yeah I mean, it was a, it helped that Jesse did it with me. Like, I think if you have someone to do it with you much easier than if like, you're the only one in the household doing it and everybody else is drinking around you, that would be probably break me halfway through. I'm sure. So yeah, no, I could never. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. But anyways, um, 
we're going to dive into our topic of conversation today. And I think we've touched on this quite a bit, but we haven't really dove into actual people talking about it. So we're going to talk about the stigma of silence that the FAA has been really good at hanging over the heads of aviators. And what I mean by the stigma of silence is that there are plenty of aviators who have stories about their medical system but are afraid to tell them because they're afraid that the FAA will seek retribution against them. Um, Even though the FAA is talking about mental health and how they're trying to support it and they're trying to make moves towards destigmatization, there's still this massive stigma of pilots not wanting to tell their stories because they think somehow the FAA is going to come after them specifically. So we're going to read DMs that we've gotten from pilots that show you that this stigma is still alive and well. So the first one I'm going to read, obviously they're all going to be anonymous because they're afraid to tell their stories, but this person came into my DMs and they said, because I'm still in the process of getting my special special issuance, I'm not comfortable making a written statement, which is, he's talking about um, the affidavit because he wanted to write one. And I told him what that would entail. And then he said, however, I'd be willing to go on your podcast, which I was like, okay, if you're not willing to write an affidavit, I don't think you want to come on the podcast. So I told him, you do realize that I'm not submitting the affidavit to the FAA and only to Congress. And I said, also, our podcast is heard and seen by anyone, unlike the written statement. And they said, on second thought, I'll keep my story to myself. I simply just don't trust the process or the system. Best of luck and thank you for what you do. So that's just an aviator who wants to share about the process, but it's also too scared to do it because of the stigma. Um, it's so far reaching these days. Um, even though the FAA continues to say that they're working on the stigma, I really don't think they've done enough to do that. So it's just- I don't understand because the the affidavit isn't seen by the FAA unless our congressional member who we deal with said to us, we're going to take this to the FAA. They do ask us specifically, they've asked us like with our outline, like, hey, is it okay if your names are in it? And and I, of course, said yes. But if that was such a concern, we could just say redact the names from the affidavits if you want to send the FAA. Like, that's my whole thing. But... Anyways, I'm going to read two more because I feel like one's just not enough. Like, I feel like we got to really like lay down the, um, the oh, pathway for <laughs> what we're, what we actually mean. Okay. So this person said in this air medical issue case, I'd agree. It's unlikely that the FA would retaliate, but in my case, it's much different. The FA has a long history of retaliating against whistleblowers. I don't know what the this person no comment. did, <laughs> like, but I think it's probably very similar to everybody else's medical, you know, like the problems that they're facing. But I think it's it's funny that they think, oh, they're more important or like the FA has them on a pedestal over others. And so I didn't really understand what he was trying to say. Uh, but I think a lot of these people and pilots, you guys, you make up stories in your head that aren't actual reality. Like, the, I, I don't, I get it. I get why people are afraid of the FAA. But the the seeking retribution has only happened to whistleblowers at airlines, like Carlene Pettit. Um, 
and somapertal is another one and they are calling out safety issues within an airline and have had retribution sought against them, but not particularly by the FAA. And the only other case I can think of is uh, the older aviator who we had a show on. Uh, gosh, his name is escaping me right now. I think it's Bob. Do you remember him, Emma, who I'm talking about? Oh, uh, Bob Hoover. Yeah, Bob Hoover. Okay. I was like, Fox. Um, but then I was thinking about the foxes. Um, anyways, so... That's the only case that I can think of where the FAA has literally sought retribution against someone specifically um, who were out to get Bob Hoover. But that was so long ago. I've never seen a case where the FAA has sought retribution against a pilot talking about the air medical system and their personal story with it. That There's no precedent yeah. for that. So I don't know why all these aviators are saying this like i don't want to say it because i'm afraid the faa like it, it's so funny like they know they're in the process and it takes 24 months for them to get their medical back especially if you're in the ssri pathway but then they think somehow the faa is going to be paying attention to their social media or a podcast they just don't have the resources even if they wanted to do that they don't have the resources and they keep piling on the work for themselves anyway so yeah, I, I don't know why the thought process is there, I think, but I think it, I think for a lot of people, it feels personal, like getting that letter from the FAA and them telling you, you know, you're not fit for this. I feel like for a lot of people, there's this internal personal feeling that they resonate with that because also what we talk about so much, so much of your identity is wrapped up in being a pilot. So I don't really feel like it'd be a far-fetched idea for the like it it to be stemming from that that like very deeply personal issue but at the same time just like you said people who have been directly targeted by the FAA a they haven't even really it's it's really the FAA in combination with the airline it feels like it's always starting on an airline level and then going up from there yeah but i just don't see it happening a lot in general aviation i don't you know, again, like, yes, you might consider them taking away your medical for something that you disclosed as retribution, but really it's not. That's just the the problem. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just how they function. That's just the system. Um, I don't really think that's retaliation. It's just the bullshit laws, rules, and regs that they've been following since the fucking 60s. Um, somebody else said, I totally love to share my story if I remain anonymous. It's just that I'm worried if I shared it, they would reopen their case against me. And now that I own an airplane, I have too much skin in the game. Again, <laughs> they have how many medicals that they have to go through? And there's only three of them. I don't think that they're going to add to their workload because you wrote an affidavit to Representative Rick Larson, which they probably will never see. Yeah, it's just, it's not going to happen, guys. I know that you think it is, but it's not. They have about 400,000 medicals they have to sift through. And your story is not one of those things that's going to come onto their radar. Um, but there is a other stigma. I think the reason pilots are not telling their story and, you know, people are telling us, like, be careful what you say. Like Emma said, she she was told, like, you know, the FAA is going to take your medical if you, you start this podcast or if they see your petition, and that hasn't happened. And I think that may be a hard pill to swallow, 
but it's something that needs to be said. Um, and I literally just got a DM last week, another person telling me, um, I'm going to read you what they said, because I have not received one of these messages that was so blunt. But I was also not surprised. And it says, hello, I am an American Airlines pilot with a special issuance for Lexapro. I admire your courage to post on this subject, but it makes me nervous to see you poke the bear. I got divorced four years ago and had trouble sleeping from anxiety. I foolishly was honest with the company and FAA and lost my medical for a year and a half while they went through the process. My mental health problems lasted a month, but I lost all that time because of the FAA. Please tread lightly. They have a big stick. So again, another message uh, based in fear. Uh, I understand a little bit like why he would send me that, but he has a special issuance SSRI special issuance so he did go through the process and was awarded that so in my mind it's like they didn't seek retribution against him he just had a tough time going through the process and then he's um, projecting that hardness onto me and well the other thing is like you went through all of that and you're saying you're basically alluding to the fact that like it fucked up your life for a brief period of time. Like it wasn't an enjoyable experience for you. You obviously know that what you went through was part of a flawed system. So why would you try and bring down the people that are trying to change it for you? And that goes for God. Ooh, I can think of so many fucking people. Mm, 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 mm. Shame, (laughs) shame, shame, shame. It is really a shame, but I mean, Literally, that's what I get from that message is like, why are you trying to tear down? And maybe it's not, they're not coming from it from like a point of wanting to tear you down, but it's still negative. It's a negative message. And it's Mm -hmm. why would you be negative to somebody who is literally trying to make sure that nobody ever has to go through that same exact situation that God forbid, you don't ever have to go through that again. Like, I just don't don't... I feel like they just like saying it like they just want to say it you know like they just want to have their message heard because we do get a lot of that like just listen to my story but I don't actually want to tell it um so it is what it is but I think you guys like if you're one of those people who's fear-mongering people with uh retribution the FAA seeking retribution please stop because it is adding to the stigma and it makes people if you're not as strong as Emma and I are we've been talking about this for over a year and a half I feel like you may have someone retreat into themselves and not talk about their mental health because of it. Got gut issues? Because Emma and I sure do. I have an issue with high sugar foods and anything with added preservatives, and Emma has a whole ass gluten intolerance. So we struggle with finding tasty treats, but thank the heavens for Abinola because it has been a lifesaver when we want a sweet treat fix without all the gut bombs that high gluten foods like cookies and cakes give us. Avinola has a chocolate granola that is made with lupini beans, so it's gluten-free and only has one gram of sugar, leaving our sweet tooth satisfied and our tummies feeling perfectly fine. You guys, you can head over to avi-foods.com or the Instagram account at avi-foods-co for your granola fix turned tasty treat fix. You'll also find all kinds of recipes to try out, so you'll get never get bored with Abinola. Use code PILOTSPANDEMIC for 15% off your order of Abinola.
Anyways, we're going to move on. Um, Our next topic of conversation was the, how do you even say this abbreviation? A- asthma. As- the- is it literally asthma? Yeah, asthma. It's the Aerospace Medical Association. So yeah, they came out with an article cementing that what we already largely know and what we've been talking about, the fact that pilots do have healthcare seeking aversion um, and why we should be paying attention. So I'm going to kind of, we're going to read some snippets from this article. So it goes, a recent large survey found that air crew members were likely to delay care longer for cardiac symptoms than the non-flying public because they were concerned about their flying status. This is not uncommon for many conditions, but how can we as an aerospace, aerospace medicine and human factors organization make a difference? End quote. So, um, we talked about Billy's research on healthcare seeking aversion in episodes seven and 26 were, which those were the episodes that Billy was on. So definitely go back and listen to those episodes. And we've also like talked about this research a lot and it's all over our Instagram as well. So hopefully this isn't the first time like you're hearing about it, but um, the article goes on to say, quote, first, we have to acknowledge our population frequently delays care for medical and mental health conditions. And there are many reasons and fear of unknown potential loss of flying, not believed the symptom could be real or life-threatening or deciding that the symptoms are due to something else, end quote. Um, But also just another little comment on why aviators don't seek care and Yeah, another DM. So it says, to be honest, I don't think that I need an SSRI anymore. And I want to try life without it again. But I'd have to surrender my medical for 60 days and then get a new one, assuming that it's all successful. If I was unsuccessful in coming off of it, I'd have to restart the entire special issuance process. I get why pilots just lie. It's not a good system. So yeah, I feel like it's great that they're talking about this, but a lot of it is just like, I feel like a reiteration of things that They've we've talked saying. about so yeah. much and they have been saying. I think that their big push is realizing like that pilots are not likely to come forward about their health problems in an efficient manner because obviously of the stigma and getting help. And so right now, a lot of the message is like, get help now, seek help before it becomes a huge issue. But they're realizing that that is not typically the case. For most pilots, they will wait until the symptoms are pretty egregious and bothering their daily life. So that's why I feel like the FAA is pushing that message of like, just take care of yourself in the beginning and don't let it get worse. And although I think it's great that they're starting to talk about mental health and seeking care and all of these things, I still think they're not talking about the real issues of why pilots don't seek care or delay care um, because of their air medical system. And just like this guy had commented, he's already went through the special issuance process and now he probably would be okay to come off of his SSRI, but he realizes if he does the process 
to come off it is just as difficult as the process to go on it. So I don't think that's right either. And I think that's something that people don't think about is when someone's on an SSRI, the SSRI is not meant for you to be on lifelong and it's supposed to deal with your stress and you're supposed to be able to come off of these, these drugs. And so that's another issue is that some people are ready to come off of these SSRIs, but there is a barrier again to coming off of them. So they're staying on them longer than they should. Yeah. Um, It's really scary to think about the fact that like people, like if you're in this situation, you're not really even thinking about like, it's almost like the, even helping yourself or being on the SSRI in the first place kind of goes out the door because then at a certain point, you're not even focused on your actual mental health. You're just focused on, okay, how am I going to be able to continue to keep my medical, you know? Yeah. And that's the sad part is like, you should be able to have the freedom to like, if something isn't right for you, A, either change the medication or B, stop taking the medication if you want to, without having to think about how many months you're going to be out of work. Yep. Um, so I'm going to re- read the end of the article. Excuse me. I'm just like burping over here. Um, that that was my- <laughs> yeah. Asma ends with this. So what can we do about it? In a word, educate. Get the facts and go speak to pilots and other air crew members. Hang out at your local squadron, aviation group, or flight school. Listen and correct misinformation. Write columns for the local newsletters or magazines. Emphasize early intervention has better outcomes. Talk about prevention. If we can openly openly discuss a sensitive topic, we get an informed population, and that can reduce the stigma of not being 100% fit. It will also decrease fear, and maybe we can save a life. So, which, I mean, if that ain't a more beautiful way to sum up everything that we've talked about in the top of this episode, (laughs) and that's coming from this organization, like, so if we can tell you that and an organization can tell you that, that should be all the push and shove that you fucking need. Like, they're telling it to you right here in beautifully written, very politically correct terms. Yep. I think, uh, you know, our three keys that we approach are advocacy, awareness, action, AAA of the skies, as I call it. Um, And in this article, they're talking about advocacy, awareness, and action. Um, But I think the big thing that they aren't covering is going to the source and letting the FAA know that things need to change. And I think that's the problem for me is that nobody is addressing the FAA and saying, hey, these aviators have these three specific problems every time we talk to them and the special issuance process, they have these problems. They're not saying that. And that's my problem is that no one's talking about it, what the real problems are. And, and Emma and I have pinpointed these problems from the hundreds and hundreds of stories we've heard of pilots going through the air medical process. And it isn't just mental health. This is cardio stuff, cancer stuff, sleep apnea. They all say the same thing about the process. So I think that that's important. And I and I hope to see people start to take on our narrative and start to take our three barriers of disclosure and realize like these are things that we need to tackle so that more pilots will come out of the world work and not be afraid to say, hey, these are the problems I'm having with the FAA's air medical system. Another thought, like just to wrap up on this, but part of the reason why I think the FAA has been able to continue this way for as long as they have is because of literally 
all of y'all wanting to be so quiet about it. Nobody knows that it's happening because you're not saying anything about it. So how can we even address the problem if we don't even know there is one? And that's very, very unfortunate to me. And I see that a lot with like the older generations, like we're only really talking about it because the youth is like, Hey, this is really fucked up. Um, and then we also have the older generation that is just now starting to talk about it, but they're talking about it because they're retired. Um, but I don't know. It just, that kind of made me think a little bit like, I think we, if unless we say something and nothing can ever change, unless we really, really lay down a, a foundation of, hey, this is what's going on. Nothing is ever going to change. They can continue to behave and go about the same way that they've been going and down the same path because it's just it, it's not in it's not a problem. It's not it's not in front of their face and it's not being spoken about enough and the sheer like gravity of it isn't being spoken about enough but yeah and I that's why messages, you need to like, be honest yeah messages tell your story be brave do the right thing so that change can happen because the longer you stay silent the more the stigma keep continues on so we need to break the stigma by speaking out um amen amen all right, well, we'll move on to our fun questions. Yay. Okay, so first question. What type of reaction are you giving your man if he looks at other women when you're around? This happened last night in Chipotle. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I cannot wait for you to tell this story. So we were we were standing in line in Chipotle and I noticed there was this girl in there and she was like over by like the area where you get like your napkins and your stuff and like, I don't know, she was filling up her drink and she was in workout clothing and she was like fucking tall, man. This girl was like definitely a softball player like she was really tall super muscular and I noticed like Zach and I both looked at her because we were like oh okay like that girl's ripped and then I looked over and I noticed she was standing towards us and she had some some mommy milkers okay she had some <laughs> and Zach is just like looking over there and I look at Zach and I look at her and I look at Zach and then Zach looks at me because Zach notices that I I'm noticing and I just stared at him no it doesn't bother me uh I'm actually like I can definitely appreciate a hot chick and a nice ass and rack man I'm just like I'll point it out but that's just me I'm like if I can appreciate the female form and look myself like I'm okay with my partner doing that I think it's more like I think I told you this a while ago but like if they're hiding it and they're like secretly like on their phone like looking at all these hot girls then I'm like what the fuck why are you hiding that shit from me um so that's the only thing that bothers me if it's out in the open and I can see it I don't care yeah which which I understand that that's like valid I mean and if I was okay with it like I feel like it would have to be in that context like ugh, don't be sneaking behind my back yeah <laughs> Okay, so next question, then I kind of made these succinct so that they go well together. What is like your type? 
Mm, I want a man who literally thinks that I'm incredible. Like I want somebody that literally is like going to just, I, I don't even care. Like I don't have a type. My type is you're obsessed with me. Bro, you do have a type though. You have the long hair, snow. Oh, yeah, I do. Type. I, I do. Okay. I do that really have type. a type. <laughs> I well, I like a granola boy. Like I love a granola boy meets like granola boy meets hunter gatherer. Em and I are totally opposite because my type is like businessman. Like get up in a suit, put your fucking tie on, look like a little Mormon boy be a good little goody two shoes and like that you love a finance bro no no i i don't like bros that's my thing like you have to be have like smart conversations with me and like think that i'm smart too obviously um i get bored easily like with people who can't hold a conversation or like just talk about like stupid surface level stuff like i need someone who's kind of like in depth which is jesse in so many ways that's why we're married (laughs) But it's so cute. So with that, if any of you are still listening, it would be amazing if you could review us on Apple um, or Spotify. That would be actually so great. Um, Like we always say, reviewing and subscribing and typing and engaging is always great for the platform um it really does help us so if you're still listening and you're sticking around like why don't you just like if you like this show like why don't you just go like like write what you like about it on apple that's all i'm gonna ask yeah but also like you guys if you do write a review because i like to incentivize things so that you're more likely to do it I have Pilots Pandemic stickers and also little postcards. So if you want one and you write a review and you either like send that to our DMs or to our email um, to confirm that you did it, I will send you a Pilots Pandemic sticker with like a little written card because we do appreciate it. And we haven't had a review for so long. Like I want a 2023 review. (laughs) So, and it helps us, you know, it helps spread the awareness and the advocacy. So if you're not going to tell your story, you don't have a story to tell, the least you could do is just give us a a quick review. We would really appreciate that. Um, It goes a long way for us and our podcast. And thank you for your messages, because I've been getting um, some messages about the podcast just saying, like, thank you for talking about this, and it's really needed, and really appreciate you guys podcasting and, and talking about the realities of the air medical system. So, Thank you guys for like coming into our DMs and also just like giving us the gratitude and stuff because we are grateful for your for you listening and for spreading the message as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, with that, I think that's all for this week. Um, I can't think of anything else. Can you, Maddie? Nope, that's it. All right, y'all. Well, like I always like to say, um, something about the blue side and the brown side, whatever keep the blue side up and the brown side down baby until next week toodles